Welcome to Health Rants. Join us and learn how not to let healthcare rip you off or kill you. Together, we will explore the secrets of healthcare and give you insight on how to make a better and informed decision about your health and your healthcare. I'm Dr. Bob Braille. I'm a chiropractor for over 40 years, and I've seen it and heard it all. So welcome to our podcast, Health Rants. Hi, and welcome to Health Rants. Uh, today, I want to talk about something. Uh, first of all, let me just say that we've taken a little bit of time off with the elections in the U.S. I figured, you know what, most people have other things on their mind rather than listening to me rant. Uh, plenty to rant about in politics, so that's not what this is about. Uh, but so I figured we'll pick it back up now that the election is concluded. There's still some arguments in the press about this and that, but that's not my concern. Right now, we're going to talk about your health, and we're going to talk about something other than COVID-19, because that seems to dominate all health discussions, yet we forget that there are other things going on. And today, what I wanted to rant and talk a little bit about was the fact that, uh, you know, I've been in this uh, practice of chiropractic for 40, over 40 years, and what I've noticed is a dramatic shift in one particular aspect. Over the years, I've always asked on the entry form for my patients, we've asked the question, you know, what medications are you taking? So that we have an idea of what they're treating medically, et cetera. And, you know, initially I would see things in my early days in practice, maybe some blood pressure medications, uh, an occasional pain medication or an antibiotic if something was active at the time, but there wasn't a whole lot uh, happening. You know, this is 40 years ago. Uh, now, though, what I'm noticing is becoming more and more acute, and I see more and more people doing it. I, I look and I see a medication, that's, and I ask everybody, what's this for, what's that for? Even if I know pretty much what they're you know taking it for, I ask them because in many cases, people are taking things off-label and they don't even know it, uh, something that a, uh, an MD gave them for something that is not typically that drug is prescribed for. So I asked them, and what I've noticed is a high number of people, an increasing percentage of my patients coming in who are on some sort of a anti-depression, anxiety medication, um, and the numbers are becoming a little bit astounding and alarming to me. You know, 40 years ago, and for quite some time after that, if a patient came in and they were on that kind of medication, I could immediately tell from their personality they had a serious psychological or emotional issue. I mean, it, it was obvious that they were having trouble. But now I see a lot of people coming in who are on these medications, and if they didn't tell me, and if it wasn't written on the health form, I would have assumed that they were normal, living a normal life, and, you know, everybody has bumps along the way. We seem to have gotten to the point where, <laughs> uh, more recently, more and more people are being put on this as if there's a clinical issue here. Now, I, I was reading in, the, uh, in the, one of the local uh, uh, news feeds recently that there's been a, a bump, like a 35% bump in the use of these medications um, since the COVID-19 thing started up. Now, uh, granted, a lot of people are at home. They can't see their family. They can't see relatives. Uh, the whole country is different, you know, wearing a mask here and there. It's, it's like everything is different than it was before. And I understand that, you know, I, 
I lived through 9-11 and I realized, and I traveled a lot back then, so I realized travel was different after 9-11. But so in the midst of COVID and, and as I speak, there's this huge fall into winter surge now that is just engulfing a, a huge part of the nation. Uh, yesterday, I think there was 187,000 new diagnosed cases, uh, which is was unheard of just months ago. But uh, so there's a lot of emotional stress out there. But even without the COVID thing, the usage of antidepressants, anxiety drugs and things was growing exponentially. I mean, more and more people taking them. And, you know, I don't get into depth with people on that. Uh, and I may ask a question or two relative to it, you know, like, how long have you been on this? And, you know, it's interesting to note, but most of the people who've been on it have been on it for a long time. Uh, many of them years. Uh, some of them, well, I just started a few months back or, you know, a year ago. And the interesting thing is, I don't have to ask, but when I do, what's the end game here? In other words, you know, is there, you're supposed to take this for a certain amount of time and then you don't have to take it anymore? Or is what you're being told is that in order for you to be normal for the rest of your life, you have to take this drug just to think or act normally? You know, for the millennia that human beings have been socialized and, and living on this planet, you know, if you were under stress, under duress, there were things you did to help solve those. Even as, as a child, I remember this because it wasn't that long ago. You turn to family, first of all. I mean, family is your most comforting thing. And granted, there are many with uh, family situations that aren't that comforting. In fact, that might be the source of the anxiety. I understand that. that, that I've lived through some of those periods as well. But then there are other avenues. I mean, there are plenty of studies that talk about exercise uh, being a great stress reliever. And there are lots of people, and I've met many over the years, where their way out of stress was to become extremely physically fit. I mean, to get into a rampant amount of exercise, sometimes I thought excessive, but, you know, they, they just got really into it. And that became what they felt like doing. Runners who run a lot will tell you that's a great stress reliever. People who do bicycling. I remember uh, years ago when I used to swim a lot and play basketball a lot. That was a great stress reliever. Um, you know, and and there was another, there were other avenues. I mean, other than family and, and friends and things you could turn to and sports and things you could enjoy, there was also faith. <laughs> your faith, your religion, the things that you believed in that would comfort you. I mean, I'm a Christian, and so I can't tell you how many times in the Bible, and I get it like a daily feed from friends as well as uh, online from the Bible, and uh, and I read them, and so many of them are just very comforting and, and, and seem to speak to me for the day. And no matter what your faith is and what your religion is, your faith is a way of dealing with it. You know, these religions have been around for a long, long time, and they've dealt long before there were chemicals that people could take. You know, and, and when I was younger, if people took a lot of chemicals to get away from it, they were called alcoholics you know, or drug addicts. You know, if you want to escape, now they're prescribed legally to change your alter your mood. And, and I always wonder, but what's the end game here? What are we looking for? If we're not trying to deal with it, if we're not trying to address the issue itself, we're just looking to chemically change you and cover it so that you feel a little bit better. Well, other than the fact that one's prescribed and one you get out of a bottle, what's the difference? You know, 
maybe you think you could function a little bit better. I don't know about that. I mean, there's there's a whole bunch of studies out there about a lot of these uh, uh, mass shootings that people were on antidepressants or were on them recently and came off of them. The school shooters, almost all the school shooters, the high school shooters, junior, almost all of these young men, uh, almost, well, it was almost, I think it was always young men, were on antidepressants, you know, and one of the side effects, they talk about antidepressants, one of the possible is suicide. You know, the suicide rate, they give it to you because you're depressed because they don't want you to kill yourself, but the, there's an increased chance of suicide when you're on these things. When my daughter was younger, and she was in uh, junior high school. She uh, acted out. She, um, unfortunately, did some recreational things that she shouldn't be on the narcotic side. But uh, she was getting in trouble a lot. And I remember being called in to speak with a host of uh, administrators and a few teachers who wanted to address her issues. And one of the people sitting across the table from me, and I don't remember what his position was, started off with the comment, well, I know you're a chiropractor, but now I know where that one's going. Because if he preferenced his comments on, I know you're a chiropractor, but he's going to be talking about giving my daughter drugs. You know? <laughs> that's, that's where he's going. He says, I know you're a chiropractor, but I just want to tell you, my child, and I forget if it was a boy or a girl at that point, was having trouble in school, wasn't doing very well. And you know, they started to give her some ADHD medication, and now, I think it was a she, she's doing much better. And I said, well, great. What, what, uh, what grade is your child in? And it turns out her child was in second grade. I'm thinking, second grade? I, I, I didn't say this, but you put a second grader because they were having a little difficulty in school on medication? And then he goes on to say, and, you know, I've started taking some of this stuff, and I tell you what, I feel better, and blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, I could tell the other people around the table were squirming because they knew I was going to respond. And I said, what's the end game on that? He said, what do you mean? I said, do you have to take this and your, your child have to take this for the rest of your life just to be normal? Well, I, I, he had no answer to that because there isn't an answer to that. Here, here's the medication. Now you can function. Well, what do I do? Take it forever. So for the rest of that person's life, they are addicted to that drug. These anxiety and antidepressant drugs are, are, first of all, the marketing from them is spectacular. You know, you want to feel better. You want to do better. You, you take these drugs. Um, used to be beer, you know, wine, whatever. But now it's get a prescription for these things. But I'm thinking, are we becoming a society where a very high number and an increasing percentage of our population is dependent upon medications to act normally? I mean, that's that that's hugely speaks to our society. And by the way, this is fairly unique to the United States. No other nation does this at the rate we do. Yes, there are some where they have a certain percentage, but it is not even close to the rate of the United States. So are we just saying that we're mentally more incapable than the rest of the world? Are we saying that, as, I mean, you know, talk about our greatness as Americans. Are we be way behind because we're mentally deficient? Are we much more mental illness because we're Americans? I mean, you know, I don't want to make a comical argument for that. But still, you know, this obviously can't be the case. We're not genetically different than the rest of the world. We shouldn't have that. You can make an argument our diet's different. Well, great, let's improve that. Let's get rid of junk that's in our food and not in other people's foods, if, if that's it. 
but as a chiropractor, I did want to introduce one other aspect to it here. And, and, you know, on its own, I think we just, as a society, we do way, way, way too many of these types of medications and drugs. But as individuals, we often think of, I mean, that's kind of the quick relief. And maybe that's part of our society here. You know, instant gratification, instant online recognition, instant answers this. Nobody has any more patience anymore. And maybe that's the part why, well, I don't want to work at making myself uh, emotionally better or, or, you know, I'm just going to take something. Because, you know what, it would take a little bit of time and effort to get regular with reading your Bible if that's what you do. Or it might take, ex, you know, exercise is not something you do once and I feel great about it. It's something you have to add to a regular regime. You know, you have to develop habits to do things that are good for you. Unfortunately, many people develop habits that do things that are bad for them. You know, and obviously taking a drug, although expensive, is easier. I take a drug and I feel better. And it's okay, I guess, because it was prescribed to me, which doesn't make it any better. It's still in your system. It's still causing harm. There's still, in other words, you're now dependent. And, and people say, I'm not an addict. I take this on prescription. If you can't function normally without it, that's addiction. You know, you, you, could, you can say it's not the same as an alcoholic addiction. It's addiction. If you need a chemical to function at a regular level and you can't function without it, that's addiction. Okay. Uh, it may not be an illegal addiction, uh, but it is. Even, well, what about blood pressure medication? Yeah, you are addicted to having taken blood pressure medication because if you don't, your blood pressure changes. And you know what? There are ways to change your blood pressure without blood pressure medication. There's plenty of studies on that, but that's not what this discussion is about today. That's not what this rant's about. Uh, but from a chiropractic standpoint, we have always dealt with, uh, as a chiropractor, making the nerve system function better. And let's just look at what does anxiety mean in the first place? Okay. It's somehow how you react to the environment about around you. Uh, you can't. You, I can't cope. I'm too tense. It's too much stress. I understand that. What that means is that your reaction to what's around you is the issue. Uh, you may say, "Well, I have more around me than others do." Yeah, you might, and and you might not. I mean, there are plenty of people who deal with unbelievably harsh situations who don't resort to taking anxiety medications and find other ways to get through it. I mean, all you have to do is, is go online, look at all the success stories, people who had very rough lives early on in their life who were not on medications, you know, to deal with that. And, and I know some personal issues with that with people I know personally and family members who've been through some very tough times who are not on medications now, uh, and they weren't on it during those times. They worked their way through it in other ways. Medication may seem easier, but, you know, our bodies have the ability to function better. Sometimes we think about, you know, well, we can't, we, you know, we know we cut our finger, we can heal. But sometimes we think we can't heal from things like anxiety. We can't heal from stress. Oh, well, the world has to change, not me. Wait a minute, no, you have to change to the way the world is reacting. And I, I'm going to tell you a story, I, something I heard a long time ago, and it really struck me at the time I heard it. It was, and I don't know who the gentleman was, he trained horses. And he had this one wonderful horse that was so well-trained. I was watching him perform with this horse. And then he told the crowd, he, he's a very faith-filled man. He told the crowd that the horse was blind. And we had just seen him riding the horses and doing, uh, riding this horse and doing amazing things. And the horse was blind. 
And the horse grew up being able to see, and then something happened, and the horse went blind. It just developed something and it could no longer see. And people were like, whoa, that's amazing, and I feel so bad for the horse, because the crowd was full of horse lovers, obviously. It was a horse show. And he goes, and I felt really bad for this horse for the longest time. And then I realized the horse didn't know that you could only see till a certain point in your life, and then you're blind beyond that point. For that horse, that was normal. I see, and then at a certain point, I don't see. And so the horse continued to be a wonderful riding horse and a wonderful show horse. It just didn't see. The horse wouldn't have had these negative emotions, this anxiety about, I can't see anymore. The human aspect of that, he had that for the horse until he realized the horse wasn't expressing anything different other than it can't see. He felt bad for the horse. The horse didn't feel bad for the horse. Now, when you think about it from a human standpoint, we come up with things in life that are going to come along. We're all going to have to deal with death at some point, you know, of, of someone we know or love, unless it's us first, you know, uh, or, or something negative is going to happen. We're, that's going, every one of us who's listening is going to have something like that happen. Now, how we react to that is that we feel like, oh, look, woe is me, it's terrible, I have so much stress, and then, boom, I'll take a drug, you know? As opposed to, that's exactly what the plan was. In his case, he said that was God's plan for the horse, was to have this happen, and he just wasn't accepting it. He realized the horse was. The horse thought it was normal, you know? He didn't. And we have to realize that there are going to be challenges in our lives. There are going to be tough times in our lives, and at some point, we have to be faced with these. Now, does that mean we do nothing to improve ourselves and just, you know, wallow in pity? Of course not. But there are things we could do without having to depend upon an outside-in solution such as a drug that we then have to take forever because it never improves the situation. You know, taking a drug improves the symptom, maybe, although I think the long term is you become kind of used to that and now your normal is lower than it was and you have to take the drug but you never improve the situation around you. Well, that stress is going to be, yeah, but how you react to that stress is very changeable. You know, how you react to being on a line at a grocery store that's not going well. I was on a line at a grocery store yesterday, and it seemed like over the last few weeks, you know, when I'm shopping, I just happened to pick the line, and we're all six feet apart at this point. We happened to pick the line where the person at the front had a problem, either with their credit card or something they were purchasing, and, you know, you're on the line, you figure, okay, I'm going to pick the shortest line. It's six or seven lines, right? You pick the shortest one, and you're getting up there, and then boom, the person in front of you or two people in front of you winds up with a problem at the cashier, and now your line is the slowest. And people who were behind you in other lines, you know, who got on their line later are cashing through. And you're like, ah, well, you know what? You don't have control over that. <laughs> I mean, you can be upset about it. You can be stressed about it. You can have anxiety about it, but you have no control over that. That's what was supposed, I'm going to suggest that was supposed to happen, you know, and all you can do is control your reaction to it. You can get angry, you can huff, you can look at them like, oh man, what's wrong with you? No, what, what, what does that do them? What does that do you? What does that do the cashier? You know, you have total control how you react to the society. And a lot of people want to just dismiss that and then take a drug. Well, I'm going to offer some other things. We talked about exercise. We talked about faith. We talked about family. There's one more. I'm a chiropractor. And, you know, right in front of me now, I'm looking at a screen with nine different studies on chiropractic and anxiety. 
He said, well, wait, wait, what's that, got, what's that got to do with moving bones in the back or some people who use the crash term cracking your spine? That's not what happens. Okay, chiropractic has always been about the nerve system. It's about removing interference by making specific scientific chiropractic adjustments to take pressure off the nerve system at the spinal level. Think of your body as an electrical machine. If there's a short circuit somewhere, it's going to affect your whole body. An example I used to use when I was teaching at uh, Life University to chiropractic students for one of the types of models of vertebral subluxation is I used to say, I need a volunteer. And a couple of students raised their hand. I said, I want you to wet your fingers, walk over to the wall socket and stick your fingers in there. And they all were like, what? No, we're not doing that. Of course you're not. I'm not going to let you anyway. But if they did, we would see them shake, maybe smolder a little bit. They would get a shock. They would burn. But we'd also see the lights in the building flicker a little bit. Now, wait a minute. They weren't interfering with the lights in the building. Yeah, but the interference at that level affected the entire electrical system. Well, the human body works the same way. You can have a physical interference in the spine from a subluxation that affects the entire function of the way that nerve system functions. Therefore, anxiety. There are lots of studies on this, albeit a lot of them are uh, case studies and case series, but there's a lot of studies on chiropractic affecting the nerve system and therefore people with anxiety do better. Now, are you saying chiropractors treat anxiety? No, I don't treat anxiety. I don't treat back pains for that matter. I take pressure off of the nerve system to allow the nerve system to function better and allow that body to function better. I can tell you over the years, I've seen plenty of people who claim to have anxiety who were a whole lot happier afterwards. I probably noticed more of it in the early days before people were taking drugs for this stuff. People who were saying they were fighting with their family all the time, they were mean to their spouse, they, you know, they, weren't, they weren't doing well, they were angry at work. And then after chiropractic, they felt like their life had changed. Now, these people weren't taking medication before and they weren't taking medication after, so they could notice the more profound change. It's a little more difficult if they're taking medication for this and then they come in and get adjusted because even if they're functioning better, they're taking medication to dull everything over. So they're not going to notice as much on that level. I have had some report it, but I can't say to the extremes that I used to notice it before people were massively taking anti-anxiety and depressant drugs. Now, I'm not speaking about true clinical depression, true clinical not ability to function in society issues, emotional and psychological issues. But those are a lot rarer. And I can tell you, having seen tens, maybe 100,000 people over the years, um, there were very few of those. Were, and, and the ones that I did have as patients who were on a clinical medication need Okay, it was obvious that that was the right thing to do in those situations. Otherwise, they were a danger to themselves or to someone else. But the average person that I see on it today, that's not even close to being the case. They're having a bad day, bad week, bad month, bad year. Okay, I understand that. There's ways out of that. One, taking care of yourself. Exercise, faith, okay, chiropractic, eating right. There are things you can do to yourself so that you function at a higher level. My rant today was going to be on this thing, anxiety. I mean, you know, I've got, I'm going to just read some of the headlines of the studies here uh, from various journals and things. Study shows reduction of anxiety under chiropractic care from the Annals of Vertebral Subluxation Research. 
Um, we've got one here on panic attacks, anxiety, depression, uh, also from the same journal, October 17, 2016. A lot of them are going to be on that. Let's see what we have here. Um, same thing. This one's anxiety and hypertension. <laughs> Uh, anxiety, depression, insomnia, headaches. Another. This is a case study in particular here. Um, Annals of vertebral subluxation. Again, it's a common uh, uh, place for those types of articles to be. But basically, what they are showing in these and now these are people who didn't change anything else. The studies were done specifically to look at the change in anxiety based solely upon the correction of nerve interference. We call it a subluxation through chiropractic care. So under this circumstance alone, there were changes. I can tell you there are lots of studies out there in, another, in a number of other journals that speak about exercise and anxiety and depression, that speak about food change. I mean, that's a big common thing. You see food changes anxiety and depression. But the idea to have to chemicalize it to add something artificial to your body so that you now can function normally, well, what's the end game there? I mean, you know, anybody who's given one of these or prescribed one of these, oh, I know you're having a tough time. I feel real tense, Doc. Well, here, here's some antidepressant or anti-anxiety medication. The question should always be, what's the end game there, Doc? How long do I have to take this before I'm, I'm better? Oh, well, you know, if you ask that question, you're probably not going to get an answer or until you feel better. Well, if you take the medication and you feel better, then you don't take it anymore. Well, it makes you feel happy, so you just keep taking it basically forever. I have run into a few people where they were uh, severely addicted to whatever medications they were on. They came in. I had one woman in particular I can think of, and I, I don't know why she came to me because she thought I was going to prescribe her the drug. And then when I told her we don't do that, she decided, I'm not coming here, you know, because she wanted more drugs. And obviously her MDs cut her off because she was abusive with them. And, you know, she was like all crazy about having to get the drug. But in any event, on the su subject of anxiety, you know, anxiety is something that every one of us is going to be under at some point or another. Some of them much more long-term. You know, recently in the last several years, um, the psychology, psychologists, psychiatry profession got together and put out a new manual um, that lists a bunch of clinical issues and they reclassified and added a ton of psychological issues into that as, I guess, disease entities. And of course, they're now prescribable, so now you can get medications for them. How did we survive for all the years beforehand? And, then, and I want to ask the question, if that's the case, if we're better off for these things now, okay, take a look at our society. Does society look a little better off now than it was a few years back, a decade back? Is there less craziness in the United States now than there was years back? Is there less general stress than there was years ago? Now, you know, we could say, well, with the invention of the internet and social media, we see more of these things. And that is absolutely true. There's a couple of good books on that, uh, how, you know, your viewing habits create a logarithm that allow you to see more of what you're looking at. So if you're looking at something terrible, they're going to feed you more of it. Different discussion. But Everyone is going to be under anxiety at some point. Everyone is going to be under stress at some point. It's going to happen. It's inevitable. You have a choice in how you deal with that. And it doesn't have to be a medication. And it doesn't have to be a prescription because most of the time that's 
a downward spiral and the end game's not good. You know, if you say, well, you'd have to exercise forever. Well, that's not a bad thing, is it? You'd have to be more into your faith forever. Well, that's not a bad thing either. Even under chiropractic, I've been under for 45 years. You know, lots of people, lots of my patients are under it for years, several decades. You know, it's not a bad thing. Do exercise. Doing things that are healthy for you that allow you to function at a higher level are good. Taking a drug to pretend you're functioning better because you feel better is not. Because there isn't a single medication out there that doesn't have side effects and long-term negative effects. And over time, these types of drugs, because you're talking about affecting your brain function, and these specifically, you know, are going to have a negative effect. You're not going to be able to be normal without them. That's a problem, you know. So if recently you've been told you should be taking some of these things, please ask the question, what's the end game here? When can I get off them? Do I have to keep taking them? You know, ask those questions. If you're on them, there are ways you can get off of them. Now, some of them I realize because of the nature of the type of drug they are, you have to get help to get off of those. You have to get who gave them to you to help you get off of them. But if you institute the other things in your life that we've been talking about here, it will be easier for you to do so. And I would imagine, because I've had a number of patients do this, uh, where they've gone back to the person who's given them that and say, do I have to keep taking this? And they'll say, well, how do you feel? I feel pretty good now. I'm doing this, that, and the other thing. Well, great. Don't take it anymore. It was that simple. And they no longer have to take it. So, you know, you can reverse the process. If you don't believe you can, that's an issue unto itself. That means you, you don't even want to give it a shot. Give it a shot. You'd be surprised, but you got to be persistent. you got to be with it for a while. It's not something you do once, twice a week, or even a month if it's long-term that you've been on these things. But there's a way around it. So my rant today is there's an alternative to better living through chemistry when it comes to anxiety. There is a way and there's multiple avenues to help yourself that are good for you. And my suggestion would be do them all. Increase your family connections. I realize with COVID, it might not be necessarily as much in person, but touch out, reach out to them, touch them in some way, even if it's electronic. And even if it's just FaceTiming on, on your phone, you know, reach out to your faith. I mean, that's as easy as reading a book, the Bible, or whatever book you read, you know, or going online. Chiropractic's another one. Chiropractors are open. I mean, we're doing all the cleanliness things and the masks and everything we have to do, but we are open and helping people. And like I said, I see a lot of people coming in under those circumstances. Exercise, you can do that. You don't need anybody for that. <laughs> you can do that in your house. You can do it outside. It's beautiful outside to do it. So there are avenues you can do to help with this situation so you no longer have to be a prisoner to taking a medication just to be normal for the rest of your life. So that's my rant today. There is a way out of anxiety. You have been listening to Health Rants. My name is Dr. Bob Braille, and I've been your host. Subscribe to this podcast and join us for future rants on a large variety of subjects related to health and health care. Thank you for listening to Health Rants. Health Rants is sponsored by Braille Chiropractic. Find out more and listen to previous episodes on our website, www.braillechiropractic.com. That's B-R-A-I-L-E chiropractic.com. The opinions on this podcast are meant to encourage discussion on healthcare issues and are not meant as specific medical or healthcare advice. You should only seek health advice from your healthcare professionals. This has been Health Rants.